Welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and each week on this podcast, I talk to some of the most fascinating people on the planet in all areas of life, from mindset to fitness to spirituality, and of course, business. Look, I believe you deserve success in all the areas of your life, not only business. But before we get into today's show, you may want to join us on our next Work Hard, Play Hard experience. This year, we're going to be going to Mykonos and Marrakesh. In these experiences, I have hand-selected a group of high-performing business people who are seeking more balance, connection, and they want to celebrate their wins as a reward for the hard work that they put in. If you want someone to curate once-in-a-lifetime experiences and force you to play more, rush over to workhardplayhardexperience.com. Fill out an application so we can jump on a discovery call to see if this is a good fit for you. And remember, excuses are over. It's time to live. Everyone who, is, who has the ability to remote, work remotely are potentially eligible to obtain a work visa under the, the status of a freelancer. The FBI background is becoming more a thing that is requested for not for every kind of visa, but for many type of visa. So it's an incredible opportunity. We're talking about millions, millions of Americans are potentially Italians, even without knowing it, because they have a, a grandparents, a great grandparents, a great, great, great grandparents who was born in Italy. 100, up to 150 years ago, that received the Italian blood from them. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard show. Today on the show is my attorney, Michele Capecchi. So why do I have my lawyer on the show? Because he's not just a lawyer like you think of when you made the picture in your mind when I said attorney. Not that kind of an attorney. Yes, he's an attorney, but a very different kind of an attorney. So let me explain. Before we spent four months living in Europe, we happened to catch a television show uh, on Sunday morning called CBS Sunday Morning. And it was about people who have an Italian background. In other words, their grandparents or their great-grandparents lived in Italy and they have made a decision for multiple reasons that they want to move back and they want to or they want to go back to where their grandparents came. So there's this, you know, sort of piece that I'm watching on this exodus from the United States uh, of Italian ancestors going back to Italy. And, you know, it was in one ear out the other. So I go to Florence doing one of my mastermind events and I run into somebody there that I know and says, hey, I want to connect you with a buddy of mine who's an attorney, and I think you guys would really hit it off. So um, I took the meeting, we met, we spoke for a little while, and I said, hold on a second. I think I saw you being interviewed on CBS Sunday morning. And he's like, that was me. So it was one of these quote unquote chance meetings that turned out to be not chance. So Kim and I have made a decision that we are going to relocate the family to Florence, Italy, and we are using Michele to help us get there. Now, if you are of Italian um, descent where your ancestors, you know, came over from Italy to the U.S. Or, or or whichever country you're listening to this, you may be eligible for citizenship as we are doing the investigation ourselves. But in this episode, we're also we're also talking about ways that you can live in Italy if you're not of Italian descent and you just want to work there. So this episode will walk you through how to do that. Now, whether you decide that you want to go to Italy or not, I think that this episode is going to be something you're going to love because we talk about why, right? Everything in life is about why. Why are you doing it? Why are people leaving the States now and moving to places like Tuscany or the south of France? And, you know, as many of you know, Italy is in the EU. 
So if you did get citizenship or you did get a visa there, you have lots of options to do lots of things in the entire European Union. So with this very long introduction, I want to introduce you to my new bestie, Michele Kopecki. Michele, ciao, and welcome ciao. to the show. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm super excited about this. So uh, what time is it there? It's 8 a.m. here in California. What time you got there? It's 5 p.m. I love Saturday. that. What a beautiful I love that. Saturday afternoon, spring. It's, it's incredible weather here. You just see uh, blooming flowers. Is already like everything is getting back to the beautiful green of our hills. It's, uh, you should see this. It's amazing. Well, listen, I mean, the whole point to this is for us to be able to see this, but uh, apparently Europe has different plans for Americans right now, and they're just not allowing us to come in. So hopefully uh, this is going to change over some time. But what I'd like to do is I'd like to start um, a bit with context for people listening. So people who listen to you know, my podcast now are probably trying to figure out what, you know, what's, what's this all about and why are we all of a sudden doing a show about Italy? And I think, I think the answer to that question is, you know, we're living in a time right now in America where people are rethinking all sorts of things. They're rethinking what's important to them. We've been faced with things that we've never been faced with before. We have riots in the streets. We have insurrection in the Capitol. We've got Black Lives Matter, you know, to name a few. And when you throw COVID on top of that, where we're separating people with masks and people are afraid to, to connect with each other, things are, are at a boiling point now and people are rethinking their lives and what's important to them and how they want to live it. So we, uh, Kim and I, are among those people who are thinking about relocating to Italy. Well, actually, we've made our decision. I guess I'll, I'll announce it publicly because we haven't announced it publicly, but what better place to do it than, than here? And you are helping us with that. That's what you do for, for a living, which we're going to get into in a second. So with that long introduction, just by way of backgrounds, why did you decide that you wanted to practice this kind of law? It's, uh, you, you know, we have an expression in Italy. We, we say that sometimes it's the job that finds you more than you've decided to, to start a job. I started practicing law over, at this point, 18 years ago. And as a typical civil law lawyers, like so doing family law, corporate law, immig immigration wasn't yet such a big thing, especially beginning of the, of the century, around 2000, 2001, when I started practicing. Then about uh, seven, uh, 15 years ago, 16 years ago at this point, I, I founded my, uh, my law firm, a law boutique with now we are five lawyers. They are international, like uh, par American paralegal working with us, like very well-structured law firm at this point, where I decided at some point that I realized that in, in Florence, in this part of Italy at least, we were really missing legal advisors able to to fill the gap between the local needs of the, the needs of people living here and those who are willing to, to move from abroad. We're talking about 2004, five, six. And there was a great time for investment for people deciding to move to Europe. And Italy, like because of fashion, because of food, because of lifestyle, has been also in the darkest time, also during 2008, 2009. Uh, we never had a real reduction of people willing to come to, to do business or move their life here. And so basically for the last 10 years, we, we've got more and more focused on helping foreign, uh, foreign investors or private persons. So either if you're a single person or you are a family or you, are, you have a partner, you have a business, you want to move to Italy, uh, you, you rely on us. So we are a global mobility law firm at this point where... Um, if you want to bring or move your business, your family, your life to Italy, we're there from day one. So when you decide, how can I come there? So the different kind of visas, different kind of permission to stay that is requested, buying a property, buying a property for private purpose or for um, business purpose, and then all the following aspect of moving your life. So setting up your business, but also obtaining citizenship, as it is in the case of 
a lot of our clients or uh, getting married, getting divorced. So all the things that happen to a foreigner who decide to live in a foreign country. You know, uh, it's interesting because our love affair with Italy, not just mine and Kim's, but Americans particular or the world's, frankly, you know, probably hit a boiling point. I would say around that, you know, Francis Mays under the Tuscan sun sort of time where, you know, there's this rash of people who, you know, just wanted to come out there. And the Brits do the same, right? In Chianti, I think they call it Chianti Shire because there's, there's so many Brits that are, that are out there now. So, you know, tomorrow is not promised, you know, uh, the, uh, the average lifespan is somewhere around 78 or 80 years old. And, you know, I'll be 55 this year. And, you know, you start to look at things and say, you know, how do I want to spend the, the second, the second half of this game? You know, what does it look like? And you, you know, your, your DNA has, uh, you know, you got the genetic lottery and you were born in, in a, in a beautiful country. And, uh, you know, not that America's not, or Australia's not, but, but your country has this unique ability to step into things that matter, like family, food, um, and fun things like fashion and, um, you know, art and form and function. And it has so many different things that are attractive to people that it's causing people to, you know, want to do this more and more. So, Let's talk about the kind of person who would reach out to you for help. I know that, you know, we can split this into, into a couple of different sections. There's somebody who is of Italian descent, like I am. Don't let the name Murgatroyd fool you. My mom is uh, Cecilia DeVito, and that's where the Italian side came in. And, you know, there's the other side, which is the people who have no ties whatsoever to Italy, but they've fallen in love and they just feel like they want to be there. So I think, you know, maybe we can kind of split it and we'll, you know, we'll first talk about in general what they both have in common and then we'll, we'll break it off. So whether you're of Italian descent and living in another country, or you're not of Italian descent and living in another country, but want to come there, describe for me who this kind of client is what are they looking for? Uh, describing them is not that easy because they're they, they don't have they have a lot of things in common. There are people that, of course, they love traveling. Most, most of the time, they traveled already several times to Italy, so their decision to move here is not just after having watched under the under the Tuscan sun. Maybe they've watched it. Maybe that's one of the reason either that movie or one of a million movies. Uh, that was uh, uh, filmed in Italy, they decided to come here. So at some point, they decided a lot of them came to study during the study abroad program. So obviously, when you decide to reconsider your life, as, you're, as you just said, you're now ready to move here, you said. But a lot of people, maybe they are not in that state of mind yet. Sometimes they're much younger. Maybe they just finished studying. And they, but there is that specific, that's, Special click, as you said, that special connection with these, with the standard of living, with the kind of lifestyle you can have in Italy. It's true that Italy is not perfect. We have a lot of things that are not done from a bureaucratic point of view. We're definitely not uh, the, the top seven, but um, we're still part of the G7, which is like we're still part of the big group of big international companies that may big international. Um, countries that can make really the difference. And the, the amount of culture, the amount of uh, um, uh, business that is generated in Italy on the annual basis prove that there is a, a very strong interest in moving here, either because it's a, it's a place that you love, for again, for the food, for the people, for the standard of living, because you can live without having a car, depending on the where you, you, you live, you can easily spend the rest. Of, I have some clients have been here for 20 years. They never needed to actually use a car because the public transportation is actually pretty efficient here. You can, you can just rely on uh, train, buses, airplane, of course. So if you need to get a, a car, you can rent it. You can have long lease rent. So there are a lot of people that can easily move around without having a car in, in Italy. So, and this is from a very personal and private point of view. But then is again, People that are uh, now more than before connected, constantly connected uh, to the internet. Um, I have a, cl a clients that a few clients that recently told me, you know, Michael, as long as I have a good internet connection, as long as I have a good Wi-Fi, I can be working from 
anywhere. And this year, I think, is a, was definitely one of the reasons why we started receiving, regardless of the COVID, regardless of a, of a shutdown, so many inquiries from, from a lot of clients that are saying, I can work from whatever I want. I don't need to clock in, clock out as I used to do. I'm meeting my clients and probably from now on, I will keep on meeting my clients remotely because for my company, it's so much cheaper. We, a lot of law firms, including mine, we have a fraction of the in-person meetings compared to what we had before. And we will continue this way because clients are still happy that they don't have to travel, they don't have to cover those costs. So it's very efficient. The kind of in, the interaction that now we're having through the, the social media, through uh, Zoom or all these platforms that we're using. So uh, a lot of clients say, I can work from whatever I want. So in terms of standard of living, I keep on making money using the dollar. So I'm still receiving the same income I used to have before, but now I can work, live in a country where this, the cost of living is a fraction, where the healthcare is definitely good. And therefore, we don't need anymore to pay the thousands of euro dollars we're paying every month for our pension fund. If we want to have a private insurance, we can have it. And again, cost a fraction of what you pay in America. And if we have to fly to America once a month, just to meet our clients, just because we want to see our family, we can still do that. And we're still saving money compared to what we were used to, to do before. And adding the quality of life, uh, the incredible wine you can buy with less than $10. And so a lot of other things that, of course, are very personal. But there is a common view life view of their life like in in a, in a direction where they're getting the best of being an american with an american business with american roots but at the same time uh taking advantage of incredible opportunities that living in italy can offer to so many americans hey you know it's interesting i was listening to um matthew mcconaughey uh was on rob lowe's podcast uh last week and he was having a, a conversation very similar to this. And he said, he said, you know, uh, Rob Lowe asked him, you know, how's, how's COVID treating him? And he said, you know, I'm promoting a new book now. And this morning I did uh, three interviews. I was in Spain, Italy, and Germany. And now I'm here with you in LA. I just covered four countries by Zoom doing interviews. I didn't have to, he said, you know, last year before this happened, I would have to get on a plane, fly to LA, do pre-interview questions, get into makeup, do the interview, fly back home. And it was three days and I was exhausted. He said, now I'm doubling it. So the question then became, well, we're in the new world right now. You know, um, Companies that used to think you have to get on the airplane to fly somebody to meet a client, like you just mentioned, they're saying, well, Zoom isn't exactly perfect, but it certainly works. So a lot of people including me, you know, where I normally do in-person interviews. I don't have to do it. I can, I can do it via Zoom and the standard has become acceptable for people. Everybody's fine with it. Nobody cares anymore. You know, it's not weird. It's because necessity is the mother of invention and we have no other choice but to do it this way. So with that said, and the new world that we're, that we're living in now where people can work remotely, I want to talk a little bit about what that looks like, because I know, you know, one of the beautiful things about Italy is that they've maintained their history so well. But one of the frustrating things as well is they're not quite advanced when it comes to things like remote workers and understanding how that works. So if somebody is not of Italian descent and says, well, I'll just I'll live in Italy for a few years. I'll just get a place in Florence or in Tuscany and I can work from anywhere. They don't understand that you just can't do that. You have to have it set up legally in order to do that. And I know there's some new laws that are allowing people to do that. So can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. The general principle is, I'm, I'm talking about Americans, but I can say a lot of other countries like Canadians or people from Australia, like they are all having come with the possibility to enter in Italy as a tourist without, they don't need a visa. So they can come as a tourist and they can stay here for up to 90 days, uh, every 180 days, so, which means that every six months, they can stay up to three months here. Now, a lot of people, there is a very big uh, misconception, very wrong information that a lot of people say, well, 
I'm going to go there as a tourist. And if I find something I like, I will find a permit to stay. I will get a visa. I will get a, a permission to stay in Italy for a longer time to set up my business. Don't do that. This is a call for failure. It's not going to work because there's no way, unless there are exceptions, so maybe I can mention a few, but if you don't have already family here, so if you don't have already someone that can sponsor a family visa for you, which means someone who's already legally living in Italy, you cannot come as a tourist without without having a plan, uh, as a tourist, sorry, and, and then deciding to set up a business here. You need to have a, a work visa. Having a work visa is a process that, statistically speaking, I'm talking about something that we do on, on a regular basis, on a daily basis. From the day that we hear of someone who is interested in setting up their business, so to come to Italy, either to set up a company or come as a freelancer or to, to do other like a startup or other things like this, statistically speaking, is a, a, with some good legal advisor, so <laughs> with, a good, with good help, in three months, three, four months, we have all the papers in place to get it ready to, to, to submit application at the Italian consulate in your home country and arrive with, with a visa, which is a stickers, sticker attached to your passport that says you can come and stay longer than 90 days. Once you are here, it, within eight days from the time that you enter with this work visa, we have to start a process to make you obtain a permit to stay, which is kind of a green card, a document that allows you to stay here as long as you want, as long as you are generating business. But the the first step is what do I want to do with my life when I go there? A lot of people, as you said, can work remotely. A lot of people actually don't need to be actively involved in a business activity because maybe they have a company, so they own a company, they are shareholder of a company that is generating business by itself in America. So they have investments in different parts of the world and therefore they're generating an income, sort of a passive income through interest, dividend, and other kind of um, economic gain from investment. Maybe they own apartments or properties that they are renting they are renting out so they receive a rent on a monthly basis so all these people that at the end of the month receive a passing passive income that is sufficient to support themselves while they are where they are living in Italy they can come to Italy not with the intention of working but with intention at least that's what must be clarified when they're at the meeting of the at the consulate, simply to enjoy Italy and enjoy the money that you're generating in America without directly entering a business activity, without directly working. During this time, during this first year that they are here uh, under, it's called elective residency visa, is a visa for not workers, which doesn't mean that you have to be in pension. It's simply you don't need to actively work. If during this time, if they decide that after all, Italy is not good only for wine, but it's also good for doing investment, to set up a company, import-export of food, fashion industry, so many things that can be done. Well, at that point, we can work on converting their status while they're here and make it possible for them to remain longer or to, re to keep on staying here, but with a visa that allows them to, to work. So one of the first things that we do when we have a meeting online at this point with our client is just to we ask them we ask them to, to talk about their life, what they want to do, and how they see themselves in six months, one year, two years, three years. This way, we are able to offer tailor cut, um, tailor made suit, like a kind of solution that, generally speaking, resolve their short, medium, long term uh, plans. Now, what about the person that doesn't have the passive income? And you know, let's say there's there's somebody that I don't know what they went to school in Florence and uh, they're home and they're 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 missing it and they want to come back and you know the kind of work that they have allows them to work remotely. Maybe they do sales for a U.S. company and you know the company is not going to sponsor them per se to live in Italy, but they can certainly work from a laptop and they can work from a coffee shop and you know or they're starting a business that can work from anywhere but they don't have that passive income piece is that still an option for them absolutely it's it's a work visa it's a self-employment work visa which is one of the i would say out of uh let's say 100 visas that we cover on an annual basis is definitely like around 70 percent of our clients are coming here 
to bring their own business or to to export their business in, in Italy. There are people exactly like you. The, the perfect representation of our typical client is a person that is able to work with a established business in America. Sometimes they want to continue uh, working remotely. They can keep on working remotely with their clients. I have like recently we had a, a Canadian um, life coach that just arrived and she keeps on because that's the only way of working at the moment. She keeps on providing her services as a life coach to private and to companies. And she, the clients didn't even even know that she moved to Italy, <laughs> and she's in Italy right now. So it's um, everyone who is who has the ability to remote work remotely are potentially eligible to obtain a work visa under the the status of a freelancer. So is and what does that give you? What does that give you as a work visa? What are the what are the uh, parameters there? Do you have to? Is it good for a certain period of time? Do you have to check in? Do they audit you? What's that look like? The visa, once it's requested, when it, once it's approved by the consulate, is as I said, is a sticker that allows you to come in Italy. You have more or less to come in Italy within three months from when you receive the visa, okay. and basically once you get. Once you're here, the same documents that were used to apply and obtain the visa are the same documents that are requested for basically to have an interview with with, uh, with the immigration authorities. When we enter in America at the, at the gate of the airport, we have to offer fingerprints and we have the, the camera that look at us. These are things that are not done as you arrive at, in Italy, but is done through the immigration office more or less a couple of months, two, three months after your arrival in, in, in Italy. At that point, you once all the papers are submitted, you have to start your business activity. So very often you will need an accountant, someone who can help you to put together the document to have, let's say, social security number, the equivalent of your social security number, a tax code that you can use for your business. And then you move ahead with your life as you always done. So you will work if you have an office, if you have, if you want to rent a space if you can work from a Starbucks in Italy, you will continue with your life. You will get a point, more or less a year after your arrival in Italy, where the immigration office want to ask you, are you still here? Are you still making money? Have you generated enough money to justify the fact that you're still you're living in Italy? The, when you say, when we say, you have, how much money have you generated? That is a question that the immigration office asks you, asks you. We're talking about an amount of money that is very reasonable. We're talking about for one single person around, I would say, 12,000, 13,000 euro, so $15,000 per year. So a little more than $12,000, uh, $12, uh, $1,200 per month. This is in terms of satisfying the immigration. Uh, requirement. Of course, if you are renting a place for 3,000 euro a month, you have to justify to the Italian authorities that you're actually making sufficient money to cover your, your standard of living you're having in Italy. But from an immigration point of view, basically every year and then I've, every two years and then every three years, it, this has happened for the first five years, you have to confirm your intention to stay here and that you are generating enough money. So it's a very simple, you don't have to go back to your home country. You do it through the immigration office of the place where, where you're living in the moment in Italy. So it's very, uh, it's very intuitive, I would say. Um, definitely with our help becomes extremely intuitive as a process. And it's something that I've never seen uh, in, in this basically 15 years of practice, someone that came with the person with the intention of staying here for business reasons and then moving back to America, especially as Not long sure. as they're able to. And I, this is this is very interesting. <coughs> we had we calculated like almost one in fifteen years about almost one thousand ish clients that we helped um, a little more than hundred clients. So many clients anyway. Every year that we help, and we are still in contact with them on on a monthly business and on an annual basis for Christmas uh, greetings. And they're still here. They changed sometimes the, ch the, the city where they're living. They are no more in Florence now. They decided to live in smaller villages or a bigger city. They maybe are commuting more um, less than before. Uh, they're traveling to America. But uh, once you try living in Italy, even with, with all the limits, as I said, that Italy can have, it's very hard to find someone that decides to go back. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, for sure. The the uh, the aper- the aperitivo hours will keep you there uh, alone. So the work visa piece, and then I'll get off this question. I want to make sure that I understand it because I know that there's several pieces, right? There's elective visas, there's work visas, there's um, Italian uh, uh, by descent, which we'll talk we'll talk about in a second. But with the work visa piece, did you say that you need to go to the U.S. consulate here in order to do it? Uh, is there a meeting that you have to have here, or is it only in Italy? It's it's not the U.S. consulate, meaning the, the consulate of United States doesn't have anything to do with the visa process. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Italian, I'm sorry. The, Ita- the Italian yes. consulate in the U.S. is what I meant. Correct. The Italian the application for a visa must pass necessary through the Italian consulate of the place where you're living. So do you have to do being, a meeting, a meeting with them. Uh, yes. At, now under COVID. Uh, COVID circumstances, we had a few clients that in in the consulate of Los Angeles, I think, uh, they had to, I, I'm not really sure of the the the, the, the mechanism. Re, let's say under a normal year, the people are expected to set up a meeting, they bring their, their paperwork that we help them preparing together with their U.S. passport. They leave everything at the desk of the immigration office, of the visa, visa office of the Italian consulate. And sometimes they review the document in front of them. They ask them questions. We prepare the clients to face those kind of interview, of course. And then if everything is clear, sometimes a few hours later, the visa on the passport is ready. Sometimes they want to review the document and therefore they say, okay, thank you very much. Come back. We will let you know when we are ready for reviewing your application. In theory, the consulate has up to 90 days to review your application. But statistically, statistically speaking, in um, 20, 25 days maximum, the application. In a few cases, actually, the client in two days had the passport back with a visa on it. So um, it's, it depends. Under the COVID circumstances that we're facing, it might be possible that, for instance, in one, I think Miami, they wanted the entire package to be mailed um, via FedEx. So they didn't want to meet the person in person. They wanted to have a cell phone number in case they needed to ask the person specific information. And therefore, we, they didn't have an in-person meeting, an in-person interview. But the in-person interview was up to one year ago, the standard way of processing processing any kind of visa. Now, you mentioned uh, offline when we were chatting privately about some of the stuff that we're doing. You had mentioned that the consulates, the Italian consulates, have different requirements in different cities in the U.S. For example, in San Francisco, they do an FBI background, but in Los Angeles, they don't. Is that is that correct? It's very... Uh, it's very hard to answer because, yes, we notice that depending... We, we deal... We work with all basically all the Italian consulates in United States, but not only, uh, Canada, um, in Egypt, in, uh, in Turkey recently. And of course, we, we, we need to adapt to their request. Let's say that the law per se doesn't, is not clear regarding the regulation, the, the specific kind of information that each consulate can request to each applicant. Uh, the request FBI screening is something that actually I I have wanted to check with several of the Italian consulate in the United States, and it's actually present in the format that now all the cons- many consulates have adopted. So it seems that the FBI background is becoming more a thing that is requested for not for every kind of visa, but for many type of visa. For instance, for elective residency visa is definitely requested. In Los Angeles and San Francisco, we I checked on Miami. They're still requesting it, but again, uh, the, the best thing to do is to get online, and we do that, and we check on a periodical basis the requirement that the consulate is requesting for that kind of visa, and of course, the the the, the list that they are providing is very generic. So sometimes. And that's where we step in, helping clients to interpret what, what does it mean sufficient funds? What does it mean passive income? What does it mean resources? What does it mean feasible accommodation? That is when we help the client to have a strong application and we help them to, uh, to su- succeed with their application. In ge- generally speaking, FBI is 
is becoming apparently a requirement for some for some kind of visas is requested to to bring a, for the meeting at the consulate for work visa uh, even recently we ne- we didn't need the FBI check okay perfect now we have the law of sanguine am i saying that right uh, is a uh, jure sanguinists well, okay. the law well, so the, the, law, the law the law of the blood Okay, so I made it sound like an Italian sandwich in New York, a sandwich. <laughs> um, so explain to me, you know, and we don't have to go crazy because I know that this is a, 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 a rabbit hole, but, you know, high level understanding. If you are Italian, you can get Italian citizenship if you meet certain requirements. What are they? Okay, so... Not if you are Italian, if you have an Italian ancestor, if you, okay. if this is a thing, this is one, Italy is very, for instance, in Spain, Germany, and other countries, European Union countries, not the same. Italy, Italy has this very unique in, in citizenship law that says that if any member of your family were born in Italy up to basically 150 years ago, we go back to 1861, if anyone was born in Italy and then eventually they moved to America, they moved to other countries, if they have not renounced to their Italian citizenship to become a citizen of the new country, they have transferred the Italian blood to their children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, up to the person that like the people that are now living in, in America, in Canada, whatever they're living. So it's an incredible opportunity where we're talking about millions, millions of Americans are potentially Italians, even without knowing it, because they have a, a grandparents, a great-grandparents, a great-great-great-grandparents who was born in Italy 100, up to 150 years ago that received the Italian blood from them. So what we do is basically checking out whether that Italian ancestor who arrived to America, Canada, whatever they are they, they're living, hundred years ago, have ever renounced to his Italian citizenship before the birth of his or her son. So it's not if they naturalize to become American, the following generation are out. No. What, important, what is important is the naturalization. So the, the moment that they lost their Italian citizenship to become American, for instance, happened after the birth of their child. Just to give you an example, Mario arrived, was an Italian born, he was born in Firenze. He moved to America in 1920. In 1930, he had his daughter. In 1940, he gave up his Italian citizenship to become American. Because the daughter of Mario was born in 1930, so when he was still Italian, also the daughter, Maria, had received Italian citizenship. Now, because Maria was born in America, she is also an American citizen because everyone who was born in America, you have a different principle that is you are a soli, which means if you are born on the American territory, you are automatically American. So this person is at the same time American as for the place where she was born, but she is also Italian because the Italian blood was passed by the father. Now, until 19, until 1992, so about 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it was not possible to keep the two citizenship. Back at the time, you can only choose one citizenship. Italy, starting from 1992, accepted the possibility of recognizing and letting people have more than one citizenship. Therefore, an American citizen who is now willing to reestablish the Italian citizenship that belonged to his great-grandfather, maybe, now can do it, can do it, and through a process that can be handled in front of a consulate or in front of the municipality in Italy or in front of a court, depending on the situation, can reestablish his or her Italian citizenship and gain back what actually she never lost or he never lost because the Italian blood was always there. And that is the thing that is, uh, sometimes it gives me chills when I, when I speak with people because I see them start crying, say, what do you mean I'm Italian? You're Italian. You're Italian because your great-grandfather never gave up his Italian citizenship. I, I was born in America. My mother was born in America. So it doesn't matter. You have Italian blood. 
And all we have to do is to reestablish this that chain of blood, basically reporting your name into the Italian Vita Records. is a process that takes some time, more or less eight, eight months, one year, more or less. But at the end of this treasure hunt or this adventure, as we like to describe it, you can find yourself, your children, your grandchildren, all enjoying incredible opportunity to become not only Italian citizen, because that's the thing. When what's the benefit? Why? Why should I do it today? This is an incredible moment to become um, dual citizen. First of all, because Italian having Italian citizenship doesn't affect at all your American citizenship, but it adds so many incredible opportunities. You become not only an Italian citizen, you become a European Union citizen which means that you can choose with your Italian passport that you will get the possibility to live wherever you want in any of the 27 member states of the European Union with no visa, no permit to stay, no time limitations. You can, with your Italian passport, choose to live in any place in Europe, of course in Italy, of the European Union, without ever having to worry again about having a visa and a 90 days tourist period. Plus, if you decide not only to live in Italy, but to, sorry, to travel to Italy, but to live in Italy, you can also enjoy all the other benefits. The, the European Union grants, if you want to study to, to have a grant from European Union. If you are a woman who wants to set up a business because you are a European Union citizen, you can have access to specific kind of grants for new um, new business ideas for if related to women or if you're young. Um, you can enjoy the healthcare system at no cost for you, basically, because you are living in Italy, because you are an Italian citizen. You can bring your kids and send them to school in public and private schools as you want without discrimination because they are foreigners. So the amount of benefits you gain are so many that... Um, Generally speaking, when I when I start this long list of, of benefits, my clients, okay, okay, we got it, we want it. How yeah. how do we start? The golden the golden passport, right? Yep. Uh, there's there's no question about it. Now, um, in fairness, I want to make sure that people understand who are listening. This is in theory a fun and uh, I don't want to use the word easy treasure hunts, but it is uh, it is a process, and it is a process that has a lot of turns and twists. And I strongly urge you to hire somebody to do this because there are stories that are horror stories where people have been doing this for 10 years and trying to get into, you know, an Italian consulate in the city that they live in only to get the appointment and they don't have the right paperwork and they don't have the work done on the Italian side. They don't have it done on the U.S. side. You, to my mind, you, you don't, it's not required, but it should be required to have a lawyer to do this because it's not easy. It's just not easy. Um, so I just want to I want to put that out there and and you know look I I don't know anybody who uh, I, I don't know a lawyer who who smiles as much as Michele who loves what he does. So uh, I you know I absolutely give him. I think you can tell we're friends and um, he has my blessing for sure in what he does. So we're going to link up in the show notes um, how people can get a hold of you, et cetera. But I have a couple more questions I want to ask you before we go. I'm going to ask you a few more things about Italy, and then uh, I'm going to ask you some some weird questions about you. So just so just roll with it, okay? Okay. What are the big culture shock misconceptions? Oh my God, I didn't expect this that you hear from the Americans that move. You know, they they they're they're used to sleeping in their king size bed, and they have everything at the touch of a button, and they're a little bit of a prima donna when it comes to getting things done because everything in America is you know yesterday we have it. That's not the case in Italy. Things are domani, tomorrow. We'll, we'll get to it tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, what are you what are you rushing? What are you rushing around like crazy for? The bureaucracy is going to slow you down to begin with. You, you need you need the market de bolo on Tuesday, and you got to you know hold your foot up and spin around in the circle, and then go to this church and get that thing. It's crazy. What are the kinds of things that you hear from Americans that if you could? Tell them and whisper in their ear in advance and say, dude, be ready for this. What would you tell them? 
if you want the most stupid, like it's not stupid, it's an issue because if you're coming here with the intention of working remotely again, you need a good internet connection. And so many clients said, we got there and it's the beautiful apartment, but nobody told us that the apartment didn't have an internet and maybe had an internet, but was definitely not working well enough for us. Is like, we've been here for 12 weeks, sorry, 12 days now, and we don't have internet yet. What can we do to fix it? So, and of course, as again, you need to find a provider, you have, they send you paper document that needs to be signed. And so we are still very much relying on paper when we're talking about activating the contract. So either for electricity or for internet or for other mm, utilities sometimes, it can be can be a big trauma not be able to use internet properly. Uh, so it's very very stupid thing, but we're talking about like not having running water almost nowadays. So well, my- let's, let's stop let's let's stop there because this was absolutely the case that I had when I was in Italy, and it led us on this adventure around Florence trying to find the Tim offices, and they were not. Like for, no, actually we were in Puglia. This happened in Puglia and they did not speak English very well at all. And when you're dealing with a tech issue and you are not speaking the same language, it's hard enough when you speak the same language to talk tech. It was, we were down for a week trying to figure out, we wound up, I don't know what we bought. We wound up buying some card that we had to plug in. Does Italy have good Wi-Fi? Can you get it? And if you can get it, what do you do in advance to get it? You, starting from the last thing you said, my suggestion is given that one of the requirements for any uh, visa, so either if it's for study, if it's for work, if it's for elective residencies or coming to set up to get up to get your citizenship, you need to prove that you have a suitable accommodation that you already have to show the consulate. It means that before coming here, you cannot come here in, in a hotel and say, well, I'm going to look for an apartment and then I'll find a, a place. Their consulate, if you're coming, not as a tourist, of course, but if you're coming with the intention of staying here, they want to see that you have already a real place where you want to stay, which yep. means basically having a real estate agent, like having to deal with one of these. There are a few that I, we cannot easily recommend some of the most qualified, at least in Tuscany, that can handle um, uh, reservation for apartment for international clientele. So the first thing you can tell them, can you double check that internet works very well? We need to have, if they tell you, no, there is no internet connection, that is the time where if you have legal advisor or someone else, okay, we're going to get it ready for when you arrive, but don't, sometimes it's the real estate agent itself that offer, and of course at the price, but it's a good price to pay to be sure that there is an internet connection that works properly. Now, having internet connection that works properly, don't, try to compare to the super fiber uh, ultra internet you can have in, in Italy. But so it, w- what you, we, we need to do is to have, find a good, good provider. So we have now fiber in most of the big, bigger cities like Florence or other cities that offer a very good connection. You see in areas you know, of the countryside where you don't have internet through the fiber, uh, now there are a few companies also offer um, satellites or we, which is not satellite, meaning the satellite dish. You have a dish that is connected with one of the antenna that they've put in strategic place in the countryside so that you can have a decent internet connection. I think you, you can hear me, you can see me right now. So to just to tell you, we don't have in my house, we are in the first skirt of the countryside, uh, skirt outside of Florence. So we don't have a fiber in my house, but we have a decent interconnect connection. You can see me, I guess. Uh, yeah. We can, yeah, I we can. can. We can uh, we can watch uh, movies. We have I have a regular Zoom call, multiple with multiple parties. So even if it's not as fast and efficient as the one that you have in America now, um, you have to do some research. That's for sure. So don't come okay. here expecting to have immediately internet in your house as you like. So get prepared to that or have someone preparing the internet for when you will be here. That's is definitely the first problem. Then you, you are asking other things like bureaucracy in general. I think you have to explain, I have to explain to my clients that if they want one, when, because they are here with their visa, we need now to obtain a permit to stay, which is a, a little card that looks like your, your driving license 
that is the actual document that allows you to stay and to travel freely around Europe. And that is a process that can take a few months just to have the appointment and then another couple of months to have the permit in your hands. So what I tell them is budget in your time you're here, three days, one for the fingerprints to submit the application, another one to have the fingerprints taken and to sign the document, another one to collect your permit to stay. There are three days during the year that you're staying here that you have to get ready to have a nice uh, charger with your cell phone and be prepared to spend the entire morning from 9 a.m. until 12 or 1 p.m. Uh, the immigration office waiting for your application to be processed. That's why is it, in your opinion, that the bureaucracy? I mean, this is probably a really hard question and a very long answer. But it, just in a in, in a in a couple of sentences, why do you think that the bureaucracy is as maddening as it is in Italy? I, I can tell you that every government that we had over the past fifty years tried to say the first thing we're going to make it think, things more simple. In order to simplify one thing, they uh, automatically make three other things more complicated. It's like having a, a short blanket, like they fix one problem and the problem comes out from on the other side. So um, is it, it might be a cultural thing. I don't know. I think that there is a very good faith intention of people who are working in, like, in public office. You can be lucky enough to find someone who is really very having a lot of empathy I understand your your frustration, but at the end of the day, like uh, it's not that they are flawed. It's not the problem. It's not my fault. I'm sorry. You have to be patient. That's going to be the answer you are going to hear a lot of times. So, it, again, is the the other side of of, of the coin that you have uh, to have to pay for having the possibility of giving up your car. You don't need your car. You can travel without using a car. Is a uh, having great wine at re- reasonable price, having the possibility to see incredible places that on you you dream or you see in movies. So there are a lot of benefits. You have to, to learn it's a, balance. It, to balance it. All right. So uh, as we wrap up, I'm going to ask you some questions so people can get to know you a little bit. So some of these questions are going to be a little weird. Just roll with it. What do people often get wrong about the kind of work that you do? I have some clients that started thinking that because I answer, like I try to answer like in, within two days to any email I receive, they think that I am 24 uh, seven checking emails and responding to their emails. So you see sometimes clients are like, did you get it? You're responding. So there is a wrong assumption that again, sometimes I don't think that they, they fully understand the time zone difference. And it's like assuming that if they're writing at 4 p.m. or 2 p.m. or 1 p.m. American time, which is basically midnight or 1 a.m. Italian time, I'm there. So there is sometimes a, a wrong assumption that uh, we are able to respond to the, every email, every contact, every communication within really 24 hours sometimes, uh, also including weekend and holidays. Uh, we, we are now trying to explain that is not always possible, even though like we are increasing the amount of the growing our the amount of team uh, team uh, team player of my team that are helping me to keep pace with all the email we are receiving i love it what is one thing that you have wanted to get to in your life and you just haven't gotten there yet and you're like i if i don't get there i'm going to have a lot of regret about this what's one thing that you're you're wanting to get to but you just haven't done it you've been too busy Honestly, like I learned to to save enough time to uh, just maybe play a little more sports. Like I am trying now to recover some time to to save myself some time during the week to to go play tennis. I restarted recently, like on Saturdays, to to play golf. But at the same time, because it's a free time, it's it's that it's time that automatically I think I should devote to my to my children, to my wife, and to my family. So. It's a little bit hard. I'm struggling to find a balance between my professional, very successful, I have to say, life and finding time for myself without feeling the sense of guilt that if it's for myself, it's something I'm taking away from from my family. Um, of course. So it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to find a balance among all these kind of things. Now I'm trying to involve my child, my, my older children 
child, Leone, to, to come to play tennis. He's playing tennis. So I hope that some of my free time very soon will become time that I can actually spend with him. So trying to balance and put together again, to find a compromise, making everybody happy. That's one of the things I try to do. It's one of the hardest things I try to do, making everybody happy. And I'm, I'm learning hard way that you cannot make everybody happy at the end of the day. You can't. You can't. What is an unusual or absurd thing that you love? Is there something that's really unusual that most people would be like, huh, that's interesting. Is there anything that fits into that category? I'm very, I'm a very simple, very, very simple person. I don't have weird or odd things. Uh, no, like I, I don't have anything. I, I, there is something that I have some very Italian friends that are absolutely Italian. I like, I like Negroni, the cocktail, cocktail Negroni. Yeah. Based on April, bitter martini and, and gin. And of course, like setting up the perfect drink, it means that you have to go there, mixing the quantities in a proper way, having the slice of, of orange, having the, your, your eyes. So it's something that traditionally you prepare there at the moment. I recently had a friend of mine who brought my, to my house a, a very nice bottle, one of these super nice bottles done by a glassmaker. With, with a nice label on it that says Negroni. So it was a preset Negroni with the, where the three components, the three alcohol were already put together. And all you have to do when you come home is just pour in your perfect Negroni in your, in, your, in your glass with your eyes. So I started having my Negroni when I come back home that is using this preset thing. And I had a few very Italian friends that got outraged. Like, what are you doing? Negroni is like your drink? It's a pre-made drink. No, I made it. It's, I, it's pre-made by, by me. Doesn't matter. You have to do it at that moment. You cannot have a pre-made drink. So it seems like a little bit uh, very, very precise about the way that the three drinks, the three alcohols should be mixed. And I, I'm not expecting, I was not supposed to have a pre, the three alcohols put together beforehand. But well, listen, Italians are like this. You try and have, you, if you order a cappuccino in the afternoon, they're not going to be happy with you. That does not happen there. Oh. You, that's, that's a morning thing that you're breaking, you're breaking a religion if you do that. Try not to have a bistecca overcooked. Don't say, I like well-cooked bistecca cannot be overcooked. No, the cow, the cow should still be walking. The, uh, I'm going to send you a link. Uh, have you seen the new Stanley Tucci series um, that he's doing? Do you know about this? I, I I saw it. I saw him making a pizza in one of his episodes. It's very good. He made a very good pizza, apparently. Uh, yeah. There was a part of me. That is something that when you're asking, is there something you'd like to do? I would like to have an interview with him talking about oh. his Italian origin. I would love to be able to uh, to understand better what he knows and what are maybe the mis American misconception about Italy that I would like to clarify a little bit, uh, how maybe, I don't know, maybe he has a very well knowledge about Italy. So, but I would definitely like to, to have a chat with him and maybe to have him in my office, like having something done here with him in Florence. That's definitely something that, uh, would you like to do? Yes. So I, I saw what he's doing and I really like him. I, he's one of my favorite actors. Yeah, he's great. Um, and uh, if anybody listening knows Stanley, uh, re reach out and and, uh, and connect him with Michele. He uh, he's got a a video that his wife. He lives in London, and his uh, his wife's uh, uh, British, and he does your practice every night of doing a Negroni when he comes home. And she filmed him on Instagram making the Negroni. The video went viral. So I'm going to send it to you. It's a very short video, him explaining how he does the Negroni. It has blown up. Somebody just asked him about it. He's like, I don't know why it, 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 it's in the millions of views now. And it's a short video. It's two or three minutes of how he does it. And it's, you, it's just his passion that you can see for it. And I don't know if you know this, but you know, he's from, I think he's from New York and New Jersey, one of those. And his, uh, his family, his dad was an art teacher and they went to Florence when he was 12 and they did a sabbatical for one year. That one year in Florence changed his, the entire trajectory of his life. The movies that he creates, him going back and doing the CNN series and everything else. So um, it would be a great interview uh, with you guys. Um, okay. So um, 
The I guess the last question I want to ask you is uh, your 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 lovely and beautiful wife is uh, American, right. and yeah, and so you're married to a gal I believe from Los Angeles. Is that right? Or lived in Los Angeles? Oh, she lived. She's from Louisiana. Louisiana, that's what it is. But she, so it's a, di- it's a different LA. But she but she lived in Los Angeles. She lived. She's she's an actress, and she's now also a public speaking coach. But she yep. she was in Los Angeles for her acting career, and then she moved to Florence when she was very. Actually, she came to to Florence with her father, more or less like Tucci, because she wanted to come here. She fell in love with Italy. She came back many years later. Uh, to after her master, and she decided to set up her theater, English-speaking theater company here in Florence. And then now she moved from theater. She's still an actress. She's still doing very cool things, actually. Um, but she's mainly now working as a public speaking coach for American and Italian companies. When you met her, did she speak English? Uh, did she speak Italian? She was already... She was... Uh, she's been living in Italy at that point almost seven years, so she was very fluent in Italian. She already. was very fluent. And when she speaks at home, do you guys speak Italian to each other or English? It's the equivalent of Spanglish, but with Italian. So it's a it's a weird mix where we start our phrases in one language and we complete it with the other one. So we we try to speak our own language for a simple thing that draw one reason that is we have our two kids that are six and three years old, and we're trying to make them be perfectly bilingual and is actually working. And the best way to do that is when we are in front of the kids, we have each one of us, each one of us must speak their native language. So I am expected to speak only Italian and she's expected to speak only in English. But it's very odd because I work in English 99% of my time. So I think in English, I dream in English. So at this point, it's so much easier for me to speak in English. But again, we, depending on the subject sometime or the word that makes more sense uh, in the context. So we have an Italian phrase with an Ita- English word or vice versa all the time. Do you hear, when she speaks, do you hear her American accent? She, she's American, so she has an American accent, but she pronounces her R perfectly. So it's perfect Italian. And, she can um, do it. She can, she can roll her R's. Yes, she can, she can roll her R's perfectly. And I think the cool thing is she's, she learned to speak Italian here in, in Tuscany. So she has already like kind of a Tuscan accent when she speaks, uh, when she speaks Italian. So it's very fun. Very that's, nice. That's awesome. All right. So do you, before we uh, wrap up, do you have any final words, suggestions, or an ask for the people that are listening? Yeah. A few, a few advice that I always give to people getting in touch with me. Again, if they're listening to this podcast is because they are obviously following the best podcaster in America, which is you, Rob, of course, and <laughs> which makes them already so much ahead in their, uh, like the, with their life. And I'm sure that all people that, uh, they're super positive, super willing to do great things with their life. Um, um, I think that the, if they want, if they in their list of things they want to do in, in their life, is also coming to Italy, they should do it as a tourist. And I believe, and this is a general information I'm giving under COVID circumstances, tourism is not allowed yet, but it's not going to happen. It's going to be this way forever. So uh, I, I have a lot of people that are already asking me, when should we buy our ticket to come to Italy? I don't know that. I cannot say that, but stay tuned because very soon, as soon as the vaccination will move ahead, it will be definitely easier to see our government release a little bit of the leash of these uh, of the ban and restrictions so come to to and stay here as long as you can if you cannot stay here too long come two three times before making the decision before taking the decision of staying here for a longer time and then do what a lot of my clients do come here for a sabbatical year you don't have to move forever and you can come easily to stay here for one year or you can set up your study program. We didn't talk about it, but if you are, you can keep on, even if you're a grown up person, you can keep obtain a, a study visa to improve your knowledge of something you're already doing with your life. Maybe you want to learn the language. Maybe you want to uh, learn more about the cooking skills you can have by attending a cooking school in, in, in Italy. So there are many ways to stay here also with a study program. So, and that's, in my opinion, should be the first step. Um, the good knowledge of Italy and 
what to expect once you come here is definitely a good way to not to get disappointed if then things are a little bit different from what they are what they are expecting and again if you are a tourist you cannot stay here more than 90 days every 180 80 days so three months out of six months period and then um going out of european union maybe to go in england for a few days doesn't recharge your 90 days you have to stay out for three months if you've been in for three months this is a very important information and for the other informations i'm sure you're going to give us a link of my website where there are some preliminary articles already prepared for people who are willing to come and to to try to set up their business buy property which is becoming the next big thing together with citizenship people want to have a, a plan b uh, with a property with the real estate property they want to have here either for tourism like as a holiday house uh, so there are many reasons are, for in touch with are, us. are restaurants open for you right now can you go inside a restaurant inside in or this, only outside in this very moment we are in orange which is the intermediate level we cannot even eat outside restaurants are closed they can only provide food to bring home takeaway so it's takeaway so it's very very depressing for our economy, very depressing for them. It's depressing for us because we'd like to go out to have something to eat, some good restaurants. But we just hope that this situation will will end soon. Like it's the same thing in the United States in this moment. Yeah, the whole the whole world is waiting. It's, it's hard to believe it's been a year already. Well, listen, Michele, I cannot thank you enough. We will link everything up in the show notes so people can get a hold of you. It, it, it is no accident that uh, our paths crossed. We were we were destined to meet. So I am so glad that we did. So thank you again. Thank you for having me, and good luck for to everyone. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live. It's time to live.